the players coming up to take the penalty and you might get live statistics to say what's the chances of this player actually scoring or not. Hi everyone, welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast, a place where we snack about interesting topics in sports, business, technology and everything in between. Let's get to it! Today's halftime snack. I'm excited to interview an experienced sports consultant from the UK. He's an associate partner at Sports X Consulting, and he has experience from working with the English Football Association and with Hawkeye. His experience covers everything from technology and innovation to brands, culture, and media management within the sports industry. It is my pleasure to introduce Harbir Guram. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Ronan. What a, what, a, what a brilliant introduction that is. <laughs> I hope I live up to that. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show today. Yeah. You have around, what, 15 years of experience in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to jump straight away to learn from your experience. And I would love to ask you as a first question, what are mm-hmm. some of the challenges to successfully introduce new technologies to a sport, uh, to a league, maybe to a team? What are some of the challenges mm-hmm. that both the technology faces and the ones who are adopting the technology have from my experience um i think there's obviously a lot there's a lot of focus being put towards delivery so everybody's mindset is on obviously outlining a product deciding on what it is trying to get it delivered and i think where i think sometimes there isn't enough emphasis is really around the topic of like change management so this is all about how you get your users to start to adopt this technology and essentially your users are they're going to be the marketeers for your product they're essentially going to be the guys that say ultimately it's great or it's not great so having that actually introducing it to that technology into these people for me is the most important part of actually making sure that this product is successful because i think going through the delivery process you're very much in the sort of project mode and you get things done but i think the bit afterwards is something that i feel companies need to sort of spend more time doing well it sounds like uh, it's a whole process and i'm sure there's many things that both parties need to you know solve between uh, technicalities and also applications and how it's supposed to be used because they use they, they are going to be the ones using it so they're mm-hmm. supposed to be using it it sounds it sounds super interesting and given that the world of sports changes every year very quickly mm-hmm. what are what are some of your favorite tech trends applications and applications mm-hmm. in the sports world today my background is is data analytics so i'm I'm a data guy <laughs> I, i like i like data and i think that's one of the things that i think has been um really really pushed on a lot in sport both in terms of performance so in terms of actually helping athletes and players uh, and and also managers and coaches in terms of strategy and tacticians and understanding things around their performance and, and nutrition and well-being but also around the business side as well so Obviously, businesses, sports organizations, they, they use data a lot to understand more about their, their consumers, their fans, uh, and what they're doing. And, and I think that's, that's an area that I think is um, really, really interesting to me. I, I think as well, bringing it back to, 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 to now in terms of like the, the COVID situation, I think, I'm, I think we're seeing a lot more people becoming very more, a lot more comfortable with, with, with data. 
in the UK, you know, we, we spent sort of the last three months having like a daily briefing around, around COVID and what's happening. And every part of that, that sort of the initial start of that, of that meeting, the prime minister has stood up and talk about, talked about statistics. So again, it's back to people's just sort of level of comfort. And, and I think what was once when I first started almost like a bit of a fear for statistics and numbers is, is really changed uh, a lot recently. So that, that's, that's a really big sort of area for me that I, that I really love. I think another area as well for me as well, it, it's not really, I wouldn't say it's a favorite one, um, but I think it's something that's really important right now is the whole sort of area around cybersecurity. So I think that um, at the minute, you know, financial services, as an example, is, is kind of one of the most regulated industries out there. And yet, you know, I saw in the news a couple of months back that a major, you know, one of the major corporate banks has already announced a data breach. You know, I think, I think sport is probably two or three steps back in terms of having a lot of emphasis within that. And I think there's, there's a massive learning exercise. There's a lot, there's a lot more emphasis, I feel, that needs to be put into into cybersecurity within sport. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Harbir. And I think I don't know if you saw the movie Moneyball. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, yeah. I think that movie kind of opened the path that yeah. maybe maybe some teams were thinking about it. Maybe some were you know already developing something. I feel like with with the whole introduction of looking at statistics to you know make better decisions on the field and off the field. I feel like everybody started to adopt it in their own teams or the leagues using the right technology and the right data, which is... Yeah, th- the film was great. And the whole sort of concept around that was brilliant in terms of giving a platform for data analytics within sport. But I think one of the, one of the sort of fear factors around, around it, um, I, I sort of take is that people sometimes assume that every single one of their decisions is going to be sort of forced through by, by data. And I don't think that will ever be the case. You know, we need to always have you know, apply that human platform to it as well. Because very often, you know, when you're looking at data, there can be several reasons why you've come to an outcome. You may not even have the the, the, the right number of, uh, the right amount of data to even draw an outcome from that. So a statistical, uh, um, a valid statistical sort of control sample that you can use to sort of understand that data in more, in more detail. So for me, I think we should definitely be embracing data, but I don't think it's ever going to, uh, change people's way of, of having to sort of put on the sort of human outcome in terms of understanding and analyzing that information and drawing out insight. Usually we may be looking at the wrong statistic or maybe mm-hmm. we may be looking at the wrong number that mm-hmm. is going to end up making us do the wrong decision. I think we're going to optimize in terms of data, the place or the actual information that is relevant for mm-hmm. each one of the problems that teams and sports leagues and organizations are aiming to to solve and i'm i'm really interested that now that you're um, mentioning a little bit about covid the way it's changed the the way um, sports the sports in- industry is working i'd love to know what do you think about the focus around technology and about like how sports is now more dependent on some sort of technologies to connect with fans to be more present while we can't really be there so how did the focus on technology change since the beginning of the pandemic there was always particularly with with the bigger teams and the, and the larger federations a real sort of emphasis towards digital transformations going forward mobile technologies but i think if anything obviously the fact that fans can't actually go and watch these events that's become even more prominent right now 
I think that's been a, a, a really interesting thing to sort of see and, and develop in terms of how people are interacting with that. I've actually really enjoyed as well trying to try, just reading and understanding about how you know how a lot of organizations are having to adapt their sort of tech, how they use technology and how they're going to offer this to, to, to the wider audience so you know some of the examples that we've seen for instance within the MBA and them using digital screens um, and having all that all the fans actually watching whilst this is going on I think it's been absolutely fantastic you know having you know fan rooms as well so people people all over the you know all over the world essentially can all come in and if you're a if you're a, sp- a particular sports fan you, you can actually now engage with other fans and I think that's been fantastic in terms of not only now but in the future because a lot of these you know a lot of clubs have have fans all over the world and I think that's that's been a really really brilliant sort of uh, initiative that's really really pushed and kicked on because of because of this pandemic as well and, and I think the other sort of example that like examples that I've seen as well is around certain sort of product offerings that have had to change so you know I've, uh, I've I've listened to sort of conversations around certain companies that that for instance used optical cameras so they used cameras around concession stands in stadiums so they what they were originally doing pre-pandemic was understanding within a certain square footage how many people are actually going in and using those concession stands and obviously if if there's more people using them they open a new more another concession stand so essentially what you're trying to do is reduce queue times but what they've you know what this with this company has actually done is is actually now switch that offering to to be to have more of a safety focus so these cameras what they're essentially doing now is looking at how many people are there in that certain square footage and actually they need to be a meter apart or they need to be two meters apart now because of the sort of social distancing uh, that, that's happening right now so I think I think that's been really interesting to see again how how, how sport and, and companies are really sort of changing their offerings I think as well from a from a wider perspective as well I, I think you know um, there's been a massive cultural shift you know everybody's now adopted um, working from home a lot more which is which is great um, in terms of people's sort of work-life balance and, and how they're able to you know how they feel um, I think there's obviously always going to be a place for going into the office but it's nice that, been, that, that they've been able to balance that and and I think uh, with regards to technology on that front the you know the product suites that have these collaboration tools have, which were once kind of almost seen as nice to have have, have really been really important right now they're, they're, they're really it's really important that they're, that they're in, the, in this space and I suppose bringing it back to sort of um, you know companies you know um, Sport X, for instance, the company that, that that I work for, you know, we've we've had to be very clear in, in terms of what our go-to-market propositions are. We have to we've had to be very clear on the fact that you know we're focused on you know two or three of these areas, and also you know which is basically around sort of commercial and partnerships, looking at talent, and also technology, um, and in alongside that, also being very clear about which markets we wanna we wanna work in, because again. I think you've got to have a strategy now. Um, I think it's even more important given everything that's happening. You know, the world isn't just one open book at the minute. I think there's changes in, in, that everyone's having to face right now. That's brilliant. I, I, I love your examples. I totally agree with you that the world is changing super fast. Probably the next year, sports is not going to be the same as, as right now. And maybe in two years, it's going to be completely different. So yeah. it's changing super fast. I think we're just, you know, in the middle of the wave. We're not even on the other side. So I, I want to scratch, if you may uh, allow me, I want to scratch a little bit on your expertise. I'm curious about knowing your opinion of besides, you know, machine learning, uh, AI, data, mm-hmm. what, what do you see in the future for uh, technology applied in sports mm-hmm. in terms of like, let's say, five, 10 years? 
what, what do you think we're going to see? Maybe we're already talking about virtual referees that will mm -hmm. sub substitute uh, referees completely. We already, you know, have VR and other some sort of technologies. What do you think? What, what's your opinion? Where are we going? I, I think at the minute, um, one of the main sort of drawbacks, uh, mainly around sort of sports arenas and facilities, is that they really don't have a lot of connectivity, Wi-Fi connectivity at your seat. I feel that there's there's a real opportunity there. Once these stadiums, and a lot of the newer stadiums that are being built right now uh, are going to have this technology already in place. And I think that opens up so many doors for, for, for different technologies out there. You know, I'm imagining as a, as a fan, you know, being able to go and, and sit on my seat and potentially be able to choose the food that I want to have at half time and someone essentially delivering that to me and, and maybe even having um, a countdown clock, you know, on my, on my app to tell me how long it's going to be before I'm actually going to get that food or having the ability potentially when a game's going on um, at a certain point in time to be able to pick my man of the match. You know, I want to go in there, I want to pick that guy. He's done, you know, he's done, he's done, he's played really well or he's done something great. Watching halftime highlights, you know, again, something that'd be really useful. You know, again, normally certain clubs obviously have that with, with sort of big sort of video screens in and around, but there are obviously certain clubs that don't have that infrastructure in place as well. So I think that would be fantastic. And I think that's really going to, going to really help fan engagement. And again, I think that whole idea of engaging with other fans. So you're in this experience, everybody's in the, in this kind of bubble of watching a game and maybe there may be some fans that aren't even at the game but they're still watching it having that ability to interact with them I think will be really really uh, will be really great and I think that's again something that's that's is possible with 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 having better connectivity in place um, and then finally I think just you know almost this idea that you could have a game within a game so you're you're sitting there essentially watching a game of football and and maybe you're maybe you're getting something around you know there's for instance a penalty incident that's happening the players coming up to take the penalty and you might get uh, live statistics to say what's the chances of this this player or actually actually scoring or not so you know i think all those sort of ideas for me will you know will really sort of drive fan engagement a lot and i think i think they those are the things i think once you get better connectivity i think all these things are, are really really possible so i think that is probably the biggest um kind of stumbling block at the minute particularly particularly in certain grounds um, but I think once that starts starts to be, you know get over become overcome, uh, I think all these sort of ideas and and notions um, are all really achievable, um, and I think they'll all really help with the with the sort of fan engagement. I suppose my final sort of thing around it is really just to say that you know again one of the challenges again to counteract that is obviously we we're going through all this digital age, which you know we're going through all these experiences, and I think that kind of goes back to my point around sort of data and cybersecurity. So obviously again one of the things that we need to be careful of is obviously more people using applications um, is obviously heightening the risk that, that that data breaches can occur as well. So you know I'm, I'm really excited. I think there's you know I think I've seen. Um, a lot of the stadiums that are now being developed, um, you know, for the next World Cup, you know, some of, some of the stuff that's happening in and around the world and everybody's already thinking that is almost one of the number one you know, activities that they want. They want to make sure that they have seamless Wi-Fi in their stadiums so people can do all of the things that I mentioned. I also see it as being as a more dynamic experience, mm -hmm. having everything connected and, you know, yep knowing everything in real time in terms of like concessions and maybe yeah. bathroom lines the whole experience is going to be so dynamic you're going to be able to mm -hmm. watch highlights maybe you are in the stadium and you saw uh, a shot that was just across the bar and you want to see it in the next you know second in your phone exactly so you're going to have it it's it's going yeah. to be very dynamic very quick 
And I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, once we get, you know, fans back in the stadiums, it's going to be very interesting to see how, how quickly can we adapt to that new dynamic uh, experience. Agree, and I, and I think on that really as well, it opens up the possibilities as well, like saying before, you know, if you're sitting there interacting and say that was a, you know, a great shot, maybe you're interacting with people that are in Singapore, that are in Hong Kong, you know, all these other, you know, everybody's all sort of kind of sharing the experience. They don't have to be in the stadium to do that. It's going to be a fun time. I'm looking forward to- totally for it. And, you know, Harbir, with my last question, I would mm-hmm. love to hear your insights from your whole experience on, you know, joining the sports industry, working very closely with super interesting te- technologies. I would mm-hmm. like to ask you, for me and for all the listeners of the show, what advice mm-hmm. would you give to a recent graduate or a youngster who's, you know, trying to get into the sports industry and maybe in technology as well, what, what would you advise? Don't take no for an answer, I suppose, is one. You know, you are going to get setbacks. There's no doubt, because a lot of people want to work in this industry. Uh, there's a lot of demand to try and get into it. So being sort of ex- accepting the fact that you may get rejection, but you've got to keep going, you've got to keep trying. And if you're passionate about it, you'll get there. I think one of the other things is, is really, that's what I find that's really important is, looking at yourself and thinking, well, how, how are you different from everybody else that's going to apply for this role? You know, what is your, what is your USP? What, what's the, what's the thing that's going to make you stand out compared to everybody else? What are you doing? So I think, I think that's really important that you, you know, people actually try and think about those other things in terms of what they want to do. And I kind of think, you know, some of the things that, 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 that I've done, you know, in terms of uh, working, um, doing some freelance work right now, you know, I don't have to do that work, but I do it because, you know, I have a passion for it. And essentially I want to, I want to keep be, be continue to be relevant in terms of what's happening within the industry. I think all of that's really, really important. I think as well, um, you've got to, you've got to think about how, you know, how determined are you as well to try and push on? I think, I think you've just, just you've got to have some drive um, and perseverance to keep going. I think people also have got to be aware it's, it's sometimes not, it's not all about grades. You know, people get very hung up about, you know, about what, what, you know, what you're getting. And I think obviously there's obviously a certain amount in there. You, you can't expect people to just get, you know, you've got to have a certain level of, of um, educational attainment. But I think, you know, if I'm looking at two people and one of them's come from a tier one university, but they have no personality and another one's coming from a tier two university, but they're really engaging. They're really well liked by their, their by their peers. They're really hardworking. Which which one am I going to choose? I mean, I'm going to I'm going to choose the second one. So um, I think I think that's really important. And then I think my, the sign of my final point really on it is that I think networking as well is 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 a really important important tool. And I think that's kind of um, I think that's kind of changed a lot from from when I first started. So networking for me was kind of like this really daunting activity where you have to go and speak to someone that you don't know, you know, how, what you're going to say, what you're going to do. And I think obviously LinkedIn's helped with that because obviously it's taken away that that human interaction per se. You're going through a computer. But I think at the same time, you do need you need to have the ability to, and confidence to talk to people. And it's really important, you know, how, how you're meeting and greeting people. People will help at the end of the day. If you If you're you know, if you've got drive and and, and, um, and and determination and passion to do something, you know, people will try and help. And the final final kind of point is, is you know, don't be afraid to ask. So, for instance, you know, if you're sitting there and you're engaging and having a conversation, um, don't be afraid to ask that, you know, can I can I come and work, you know, come and work shadow you or do something with you guys? You know, what's the worst that can happen? Someone's going to say no. And, and, and then you go on to potentially ask somebody else. 
Wow, Harbir, those those are really amazing. I really appreciate your insights. And I think that's also a great place to end our conversation. I really want to thank you for sharing so many. Wow, it was it was this this episode is full of uh, you know pure knowledge in technology and sports. I really appreciate you coming on, on today's halftime snack. I'm grateful to have the chance to speak to you and it was great to have you on the show. I really appreciate your time, Harbir. Before you leave, I want to thank you for listening. To hear this or any other halftime snack, check out the full archive on my website, which you can find on the show notes. See you next week!